Listener, how are you? I have a very exciting announcement to make. The podcast now utilizes Spotify integration with Patreon, meaning if you subscribe through the Patreon, you can connect Spotify through the Patreon and use the Spotify app. Now you don't have to use the Patreon app. Now you don't have to screw around with RSS feeds. You can directly use the podcast through Spotify. I think that'll go a long way in stifling a lot of the confusion that happens when people sign up. I've seen people end their subscription because they couldn't figure out the RSS feed or they didn't want to use the Patreon app. Well, now you have that ease of use. It should get rid of that problem. And I think everyone will be happier for it. I'm personally very excited about it. Police are looking for a motive in the chilling murder of a University of South Carolina student. The victim, a 21-year-old senior, was seen getting into a car, apparently thinking it was the Uber she ordered. More on this from David Begno. This is the last time she was seen alive. Police say this surveillance video shows Samantha Josephson talking on her phone and getting into what she thought was an Uber early Friday morning. We don't know when Samantha realized she got into the wrong car, but once she did, police say there was no escape. Her father, Seymour, explained why. She had absolutely no chance. None. The door was locked. The child safety lock was on. Police say the driver, 24-year-old Nathaniel Rowland, was not an Uber driver. Here's the timeline. Friends reported Samantha missing at 1.30 p.m. on Friday. Two hours later, her body was found on a dirt road almost 70 miles away. By the next morning, police saw the suspect's vehicle right near the scene where Samantha had been kidnapped. Roland tried to get away, but was caught. Columbia Police Chief W.H. Holbrook. The Chevy Impala uh, that was driven by the suspect had a large, uh, a large amount of um, liquid that we believed to be blood. Detectives tell us Josephson had injuries from head to toe. Her family called her Sweet Pea. Marcy is her mom. It sickens us to think that his face was the last thing that my baby girl saw on this earth. My daughter's name is Samantha Josephson. Don't ever forget her name. Samantha Josephson, shame on her. You just feel that mom's pain. You know, tomorrow a South Carolina legislator is going to introduce a bill that mandates these ride-sharing companies like Uber display illuminated stickers in their windshield. Jeff, you as you know from taking Uber like we Sounds all have. Like a good idea, yeah. Yes, and some riders do it, but but we got to remind people, every time you use the app, it'll give you the driver's name, his picture, and tell you the license plate number. Double check all that. A sickening story to hear about. David, David, thank you very much.
Officers called EMS and waited while Roland was fully checked over by paramedics. There was nothing wrong with him. He needed no medical attention. Officers placed him into the back of their police cruiser and took him to the Alvin S. Glenn Detention Center in nearby Richmond County to be booked in. Roland's vehicle was still parked a block away on Saluda Avenue. His driver's door was sitting wide open from when he had fled on foot. While he was arrested and taken in, officers began a basic search of the vehicle. They found a small quantity of marijuana in the driver's side door. In between the center console and the driver's seat was a cell phone with a rose gold cover and a set of keys with a pink keychain. As they looked around the vehicle, they noticed a dried liquid covering the back seats. It was all over the fabric of the back seats. It was in the footwells, and it was on the roof. Now 3 a.m., it was pitch black outside. The rear passenger window behind the driver's seat was down a few inches. Under the beam of their touchlights, they could see sets of imprints scattered across in the inside of the window. As officers moved around to the rear of the vehicle, they were feeling tense. When the trunk opened, they saw items scattered around the trunk space. Items of clothing and footwear, retailer bags, and rubbish lay haphazard and awkward. Clear patches of bright red staining visible on multiple items. Officers backed away from the vehicle and called in for backup. Saturday, March 30th, 2019. By sunrise, news was spreading that a University of South Carolina student had been found dead after getting into a vehicle she thought was her Uber. On the evening of March 30th, Columbia Police Department Chief William Skip Holbrook gave a press conference outlining the details of the case. Good evening. Uh, first, thank you all for your, your patience with us today. Um, this is a homicide investigation. Um, it, it transitioned from a missing person, um, suspicious death investigation to um, we identified the, the victim uh, or the person found in Clarion County um, as Samantha uh, Josephson, um, and we switched into a death investigation. This, this was a, um, a bad scene. Um, we knew we had a fluid situation with uh, a body recovered in their county, um, potentially the, um, the, the abduction occurring here in, in Columbia. Around 3 a.m. today, um, overnight, uh, one of our canine officers was on patrol, a uh, very alert canine officer, I might add, observed a black Impala, uh, approximately two blocks from Five Points. Um, he initiated a traffic stop to continue with good continuity and, um, and integrity of the case, we requested the uh, forensic uh, unit that had worked on the initial crime scene and, and cleared them to respond to the vehicle. And throughout the day today, they have been processing that vehicle. The Chevy Impala uh, that was driven by the suspect had a large, uh, a large amount of um, liquid that we believed to be blood, and once they did a presumptive test, it in fact uh, was confirmed to be blood. Collections of blood were obtained by the SLED's uh, forensic crime scene agents and were submitted to SLED DNA lab for analysis compared to known standards of the victim. The analysis concluded that the blood in the suspect vehicle was that of the victim. Also, a cell phone belonging to the victim was found inside the passenger compartment of the sus subject, uh, suspect vehicle. And likewise, located in the suspect vehicle was a container of liquid bleach, germicidal wipes, and window cleaner. 
Further investigation on the suspect vehicle determined the child that a child safety seat was in the back, and then the child safety locks were activated on the door that would not allow someone to the means of escape from the back of the suspect vehicle. Earlier this afternoon, uh, the police department investigators, SLED investigators, met with the Fifth Circuit Solicitor's Office. Due to the information presented along with evidence collected by SLED, um, SLED will be charging our suspect. His name is, first name Nathaniel, N-A-T-H-A-N-I-E-L. Middle name David, last name Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D. Black male, date of birth 4-13-1994 with murder and kidnapping. I met with the family just before um, I came back to headquarters to, to brief you all. Um, our hearts are broken. Uh, I mean, they're broken. Um, that's, there is nothing tougher than to stand before a, a family um, and explain how a loved one was murdered. Um, they have a lot of support here. They're from, they're from New Jersey. They have a lot of family that has come to town to support them. Um, but it, it was gut-wrenching. Their um, you know, words really can't describe, uh, obviously, what they're going through. But you know, one of the things that I talk to them about is how important these investigations are to us. We're, we're father, mothers, um, brothers, sisters, sons, and daughters. And um, it's just as personal to us, and, and it always is a priority, and it will be a priority, and, and I assure them that we will be with them every step of the way until this is done. The following day, the arrest warrants for Nathaniel Rowland were released, providing more detail to local communities, horrified by what had happened to Samantha. They confirmed she had suffered a violent and vicious attack. That same afternoon, Clarendon County Coroner's Office released a statement advising Samantha's cause of death as multiple sharp force injuries. When Sammy had gotten into that vehicle, she just wanted to go home. The thought that she was in danger would not have been in her mind. The blood loss in the back of the Impala left little doubt the confined space was where she had been killed. The child safety locks were switched on. At the point she realized the driver was not driving her home. The moment she was confronted with a stranger, brandishing a knife, and beginning to rain blows onto her, she could not escape that space. The rear doors and windows were locked and could not be opened from the inside. She had nowhere to run and no way to protect herself. Sammy had wounds to her head, her shoulders, and her torso, her thighs, legs, and her feet. She had bled out profusely as she was stabbed over and over again. On Monday, April 1st, a jail hearing took place for Roland to discuss Bond. He had denied all involvement in the kidnapping and murder of Samantha. He wasn't required to attend this hearing, and he did not appear. Marcy Josephson, Samantha's devastated mom, did attend. Just days after the murder of her youngest child, she gave an impact statement to the court, pleading with the judge not to allow Nathaniel Rowland out of jail. There are no words to describe Damon's pain. His actions have caused our family and friends He's taken away a piece of our heart, soul, and life. Shame on him. We thought he would be here to see his evil face. I cannot fathom how someone 
could randomly select a person, a beautiful girl, and steal her life away. His actions were senseless, vile, and unacceptable. It sickens us to think that his face was the last thing that my baby girl saw on this earth. Does he even know her name? My daughter, Samantha Josephson, more affectionately known to her family as Sweet Pea. Let me tell you about my daughter. Samantha was bubbly, loving, kind, and full of life. She had a plan. She worked hard, was graduating from college in May and starting law school in September. Unlike him, Samantha valued human life and could never harm another soul. Unlike him, Samantha had love within her heart and purpose in her life. The life he brutally ended. He took away our daughter, a sister, a granddaughter, a niece, a cousin, and a friend to so many. His selfish, unspeakable, and violent actions have created a hole in the universe, a hole in our universe, and we see the unimaginable ripple effects for world. I implore the court to deny bail or the posting of a bond. You should never, you should never be given the right to walk free again for what he did to my daughter or given the opportunity to hurt anyone else. Samantha Josephson. My daughter's name is Samantha Josephson. Don't ever forget her name. Samantha Josephson, shame on her. The communities in Columbia and New Zion were devastated by Samantha's kidnapping and murder. The story they saw on their news screens resonated and shocked them all. People wanted to help and support Samantha's family. Students, parents, lecturers, and friends all could relate to Sammy and that scenario of an Uber ride home after a night out. It could have been any one of them. A GoFundMe page was set up to collect donations to help the Josephson family pay for funeral costs. What started with a target of $1,000 quickly escalated as donations poured in. Within days, the page had collected over $25,000. The final figure reached was $83,000. Samantha's family in Robbinsville, New Jersey, organized a vigil for Samantha to take place in her hometown on April 3rd, followed by her funeral a day later on April 4th. The devastation of Samantha's loss was widespread. The deep horror at how she was taken and what she endured during her last moments had shaken everybody who knew her. And right now on Eyewitness News at 10, singing for Samantha, dozens gather in Jersey to pay tribute to the college students slain in South Carolina. Good evening, everyone. I'm Yuki Washington. And I'm Jessica Cartalia. Samantha Josephson was killed Friday when she got into a car she mistakenly thought was her Uber. Tonight, her family and community came together in her hometown of Robbinsville. Eyewitness News reporter Greg Argos attended tonight's emotional tribute as well. Greg. And Yuki, good evening. The vigil ended about two hours ago, but it was packed here in the center of town. Hundreds of people gathering, all remembering the young lady they say brought a smile to their face. It's been overwhelming, to say the least. A father facing tremendous grief. It, 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 it eats up inside of me. A boyfriend <laughs> mourning. You know, I, I really... There's no words for what happened. And a community coming together to remember 21-year-old Samantha Josephson from Robbinsville, New Jersey, a student at the University of South Carolina, stabbed and killed Friday by Nathaniel Rowland, 
a man she mistook for her Uber driver. He was a monster, right? The, what he did was, was, I don't want anybody else to go through it as a parent. In front of hundreds that gathered to remember his daughter, many sharing funny memories of the quirky student destined for law school at Drexel University on a full ride. We always had a reason to laugh. She truly brought so much joy to us all. It's impossible not to be happier laughing when with Sammy. Samantha's father, Seymour, pleading with those gathered to be extra vigilant using rideshare services. I'm telling you, this is nothing that you would ever want to do. You don't want to go through this. And all hoping such a tragedy never hits home again. Heartbreaking day as hundreds of family and friends packed a New Jersey temple to say goodbye to Samantha Josephson. The 21-year-old woman was being remembered for her kind heart and her love of life. Here's News 4 New Jersey reporter Brian Thompson. The hearse with a police escort led a sad procession of hundreds away from this West Windsor synagogue. Services for 21-year-old University of South Carolina student Samantha Josephson. She thought she was getting into an Uber car. Instead, it was a car of a killer called an animal by a family spokesman. The sadness that is being suffered will never end. It may wane in the future, but will always leave a hole in the hearts of a fun-loving, generous, kind parents and sister. The Bethheim synagogue where she was bat mitzvahed sits in an isolated area. But the hundreds who came here showed the depth of support for a young woman just getting started in life. A vigil last night was testament to that love. Today, they don't know and can't contemplate how they can think of the future. But Samantha's tragic mistake in misidentifying her Uber ride is bringing a focus on ride sharing. With the millions of dollars it earns, detective came and knocked on the door and I said is it Renee and he just gave me that solemn look it was the worst day ever the proof podcast is back with a new case and a new season 23 years ago 18 year old Renee Ramos went missing her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town I don't think that they arrested the right people it's about time somebody's trying to do something she had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Ubers and the Lyfts should be compelled to adjust its business model, better assuring its rider safety. Uber has already put out this safety video. This afternoon, a spokesman telling me it is planning a major social media campaign. But cousin Seth Josephson also said that passengers, on the other hand, 
learn to first inquire from the driver that they are the rider that they were supposed to be picked up. Samantha Josephson's community is stretching all the way from central Jersey to Pennsylvania and down to South Carolina. Several of her fellow students making the drive up here to say a final goodbye. Nathaniel Rowland's bond hearing date of April 22nd was removed and no new date rescheduled. He remained steadfast in his claims that he did not kill Samantha. The global pandemic had halted court appearances, hearings, and trials from running in South Carolina just as they had across the country. It would be another year before he would face a judge again in his quest for release on bond until his trial started. The painful prolonged wait for Samantha's family, her boyfriend, and her friends dragged on until June 9, 2020. The bond hearing that took place that day was a virtual hearing online due to the ongoing pandemic. At 9.30 a.m., a video conference call was held with Nathaniel Rowland, appearing before Richland County Circuit Court Judge DeAndrea G. Benjamin. His public defender Tracy Pinnock wanted to convince the judge that Rowland did not pose any threat to society or was he a flight risk should he be released on bond. In response, just as they had one year before, Samantha's family gave passionate and emotional pleas to keep Rowland behind bars. Rowland had not yet faced trial. He had not been found guilty of Samantha's murder, but the weight of the evidence against him left little doubt that he was her killer. I've had a year of reflection and reality. My impact statement was presented to the court within days of the kidnapping and murder of my daughter. I was in shock and disbelief and numb. There are no words to describe the immense pain his actions have caused our family and friends. He brutally kidnapped and murdered my daughter, my baby. He locked her in the car without any way to escape and tore her apart. He stole my chance of even identifying her body in the morgue due to the amount of torture he put her through. She was only identified through the DNA. He should not get a chance to live in society because he stole her chance at life. He is sick and evil. He's a danger to society and poses a significant risk to others. I pray that he hears her screams and pictures the violent act he did when he closes his eyes or has a moment of peace. That's what I see and hear every day. This past year has been a true nightmare for myself, my family, and all of our friends, all because of this cold-blooded man. When I think of 2019, all my mind does is picture my law school-bound, hardworking, and goofy sister, terrified and trapped. This man has proven that he's a true danger to society. He made sure that I will never have my little sister back, that I will never hear her laugh at me or obsess over our puppy again, and that instead, I'm forced to put together my knowledge to imagine her last moments in that car. Good morning, Your Honor. I'm not sure how to start this, and not to be repetitive from Marcy, Sydney, Greg, or even the solicitors. I have many emotions sitting here, listening to everyone sitting here, knowing that this animal, this monster, is sitting here while my Samantha was kidnapped and murdered for no reason. I have been numb and miserable since March 29, 2019. I am no longer a happy and smiley person. You don't just go out one day and say, you know, I'm going to kidnap and murder someone. This was planned. 
He is now behind bars and cannot hurt another another baby girl who is the most happy, go lucky person you ever met. Judge, you would have loved her. She made everyone smile and laugh. This monster animal has taken Samantha Josephson away from all of us. This monster deserves to stay right where he is. I beg you to deny bail for not just for us and loved ones, but for the sake and safety of our society. I have one last thing to say. Samantha Josephson, never forget. Your Honor, I'm here today heartbroken and devastated. Crippled by that, by that window from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. of tracking my girlfriend's location. Nightmare after nightmare. This monster kidnapped and brutally murdered the love of my life. It wasn't accidental, nor a product of panic. It was orchestrated and carried out by a truly evil human being. We have a duty today, now, to make sure he never has the opportunity to hurt anyone else. We are depending on you. I'm begging you to please make the right decision here. Do not let Sammy and her memory die in vain. Thank you, Your Honor. After hearing heartbreaking statements, Judge Benjamin denied bond for Nathaniel Rowland. Like a lion sizing up his target, Rowland had watched Samantha Josephson in the moments before he pounced. He noted she was alone. He observed her waiting and looking for a vehicle. In the space of 60 seconds, he had kidnapped his victim without resistance and without a scream. In a most deceitful and malicious snatch, he enticed Samantha Josephson to get into his car by presenting himself as her ride home. An innocent young woman given no warning, no red flag, or no possible way of knowing this man behind the wheel, had the sinister and terrifying intentions that he did. There were still many unknowns for Samantha's heartbroken family. Details they were desperate to hear about the final moments of her life, which held equal power as details they would do anything not to know. Visions of what Sammy must have been put through in the back of that vehicle haunted them. Nathaniel Rowland would go on trial for kidnapping, murder, and possession of a weapon during those two crimes. His pleas of not guilty pushing the state of South Carolina to bring over 30 witnesses to the stand and break down his movements and his actions almost minute by minute. Nathaniel Rowland thought he had committed the perfect murder. He thought he would never be connected to this despicable crime. He thought Samantha's body would never be found. He was wrong on all three. He was about to run the gauntlet of criminal justice. With an arrogance and unfounded self-belief, Rowland would sit detached and remorseless behind a defense table. Presenting himself far removed from the predator he is, Nathaniel Rowland would take his chances with a jury of his peers. The brutal and bloody death of Samantha Josephson in March 2019 in Columbia, South Carolina, was a calculated and immensely violent assault by her killer. He was an individual that would come at her with a bladed weapon and stab her over 120 times while she was trapped inside the back of his vehicle. Nathaniel Rowland was driving his black Chevy Impala just blocks away from where Samantha was kidnapped in five points when he was pulled over by police. The vehicle was covered in Samantha's blood. The interior, the back seats, the roof, all saturated in almost the entire volume of blood that Samantha Josephson had in her body. At autopsy, less than three tablespoons remained, barely enough for standard toxicology testing. 
Despite this, Roland claimed he was innocent. He claimed he had nothing to do with Samantha's murder. He had no alibi, no explanation of where he was to prove he wasn't the driver of his vehicle who abducted Sammy the night before. He simply said it wasn't him. Samantha put up a brave fight against her attacker, trying desperately to defend herself and fend him off. He was relentless in his attack. Multiple areas of her body suffered stab wounds almost on top of each other, indicating fast and heavy blows. Those final moments, losing strength and feeling her blood draining out of her body, are impossible to fully comprehend. For Samantha's parents especially, they have been left in eternal torment, plagued by visions of how their daughter took her last breaths. Something so many of us do without giving it a second thought, need a ride, open a nap. When a car shows up, hop in. South Carolina college student Samantha Josephson got into a car she thought was her Uber Friday morning and she wound up dead. Chilling surveillance video shows a 21-year-old standing near a crowd outside a bar in Columbia right around 2 in the morning Friday. Car pulls up, she can be seen climbing in, and hunters found her body about 14 hours later in a field. Police have arrested Nathaniel David Rowland, charging him with murder and kidnapping. Investigators found Josephson's blood inside of his car, and this is what you have to hear. This is her mother during the suspect's court hearing. I cannot fathom how someone could randomly select a person, a beautiful girl, and steal her life away. His actions were senseless, vile, and unacceptable. It sickens us to think that his face was the last thing that my baby girl saw on this earth. Finally, 28 months after her horrendous murder, the man everyone believed was responsible was about to face the full force of the criminal justice system. The trial. The murder trial of Nathaniel Rowland started on June 20, 2021. For the first time, the full range of evidence the Fifth Circuit solicitors in South Carolina had against Rowland was going to be laid out. Months of painstaking work collecting and analyzing evidence and building a detailed timeline across 24 crucial hours that was March 28th and 29th of 2019. It was just over two years since Samantha Josephson was brutally murdered. Her body dumped in woodland in a remote area 65 miles away from where she was kidnapped. With the denial of bond, Roland had remained incarcerated at Alvin S. Glenn Detention Center in Columbia while he awaited trial. The state's prosecution team wasted no time in laying out their case and exposing exactly what had happened on the night Samantha was taken and killed. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, March 28, 2019, was supposed to be a celebration. Samantha Josephson and friends were gathering together as a celebration of life. They hadn't seen one another in a while, and they were getting together because, quite frankly, they were all about to graduate. They were getting together to relive a few of those kind and fun moments of college and a chance to reflect a little bit on those times and also to think a little, about, a little bit about what the future was to hold. They were looking towards toasting and celebrating the fact that they were graduating and moving to a new phase of their life. They had their eyes firmly fixed on their futures and their eyes firmly fixed on their love for one another. But what they didn't realize, what they could never have realized, is that the defendant, Nathaniel David Rowland, 
had his eyes firmly fixed on Samantha Josephson. He had his eyes fixed on Miss Josephson as she walked outside the Bird Dog Lounge in Five Points alone. As she walked outside, as she had ordered an Uber ride alone, as she stood there alone waiting on that Uber, he had his eyes firmly transfixed on her. We know this because Five Points has cameras. The cameras captured Nathaniel Rowland's vehicle, a black 2017 Chevrolet Impala, circling the block multiple times, not stopping to converse with people, not stopping to eat, but just circling the block, sometimes even in the wrong direction down Saluda Avenue. The evidence will show that after she got into that vehicle, that's the last time that anybody saw her alive. The next time that somebody saw Samantha Josephson, she was found alone in the woods, covered in her own blood, dead. She'd been stabbed multiple times from the bottom of her feet, throughout her torso, throughout her face, her neck, and her head. We believe that the evidence in this case is going to show, and the evidence that you're going to hear from this witness chair in this courtroom, that once Samantha Josephson got into Nathaniel Rowland's 2017 Black Impala, she couldn't get out. And she couldn't get out because the child safety locks were engaged. The timeline. On that Thursday night, March 28, 2019, as Samantha was getting ready at her apartment to go out with friends, nine miles away, Nathaniel Rowland was at his girlfriend Maria Howard's home in Mountain Brook watching TV. When Maria went to bed that night around 1 a.m., Rowland was still downstairs. By 1.51 a.m., Rowland had driven the 20 minutes into the Five Points area. Still busy with students on nights out and people out enjoying themselves, Rowland began driving around in circuits. CCTV footage and his cell phone data show his vehicle, a black Chevy Impala, traveling up and down the main street in Five Points. He was driving right past the door of the Bird Dog Bar, where Samantha was inside with her friends. Roland continued to drive in loops, changing direction and going back the way he came. All around the key streets in the center of Five Points, Hardin Street, Blossom Avenue, Saluda Avenue, and Green Street were all roads he used on repeat that night. Just before 2 a.m., Samantha had come out of the Bird Dog, and ordered her Uber ride home. She was standing at the corner waiting for the vehicle to arrive. There's a parking lot on one side of her and the parking spaces that run along the front of the Bird Dog to the other side. CCTV footage from the closed store next door to Bird Dog has a clear view of her exact spot. She is talking on her mobile phone, her back to the road, the hustle of students on their own nights out, going past her in both directions on the sidewalk. She hangs up the phone and begins looking up and down the road for her Uber vehicle. It's 2.07 a.m. A silver vehicle turns out of the parking lot and in front of where she is standing. It slows to a stop. Samantha leaves the curb and heads over to the rear of the vehicle. As her hand goes out to open the door, the vehicle pulls forward and away from her. That was not her Uber ride. As she returned to the curb to continue waiting, she had no idea she was being watched. Her attempt to enter that vehicle was being silently observed studied by the man who would be her killer. Roland had turned into the parking lot minutes earlier, 
this time reversing into a space. The vehicle remained idle for less than a minute before it pulled out again and moved towards the exit leading back onto Harden Street. With a vehicle in front of him, he was stationary, and from his driver's side window had a direct and clear line of sight to Samantha. His vehicle remained still, engine idling as she tried the door of the silver vehicle. He slowly inched the Impala closer to the parking lot exit. When the vehicle in front moved off, he drove forward. He was swift and deliberate. He swung the Impala to the right, nose pointing towards Samantha, and he rolled over the curb with his rear driver's side wheel in his eagerness to get close. He turned the vehicle into the diagonal parking space less than one meter from Samantha's spot. Unbeknown to him, the eagle eye of CCTV captured it all. As Sammy saw the vehicle turning in, she began to move towards it. At 2.09 a.m., Roland stopped the Impala and Samantha opened the rear door, climbed into the back, and pulled the door shut behind her. Samantha was just going home for the night. She got into that vehicle as we all would have done without a second thought. She had no idea she was now trapped inside. The very idea of child locks, if the vehicle had them, if they were engaged or not, these are not thoughts that would have been in her mind. As Roland watched her through the rearview mirror, he reversed the Impala back and then drove away down Harden Street. Samantha Josephson unknowingly was being driven to her death. Modern technology combined with almost every individual owning a cell phone has opened avenues of investigation for police detectives. Cell phones talk to cell towers to get a signal for data transfer. A cell phone doesn't have to be in use to send these signals and that leaves a digital breadcrumb trail. It's a trail that can be analyzed and mapped out and it can reveal secrets some people don't want to share. Through cell phone data, in incredible detail, the movements of Nathaniel Rowland right through that night can be tracked. Rowland thought he was traveling in secret. He had a young woman inside his vehicle, caged in the back seats with no means to escape. With his prey captured, under the cover of darkness, he was driving away from the area he had kidnapped her, believing he was leaving no trace. He was wrong. His cell phone with him the entire time was leaving an evidence trail that he couldn't refute. Investigators were able to track both Samantha's cell phone and Roland's from the moment she got into his vehicle. Digital forensic examiner Eric Grabsky told the jury how both phones were traveling in the same locations at the same time. Roland's cell phone data pinpoints him traveling away from five points at 2.14 a.m., and the Impala can be seen on surveillance footage at 2.18 a.m. traveling towards the Rosewood community on the outskirts of the Five Points area. Samantha's cell phone moves in this same direction across the same time frame until it stops communicating with any cell towers at 2.27 a.m. Through the Find My Friends app, her boyfriend Greg could see her last known location as Montgomery Drive, located in Rosewood. Cell data tracks Roland continuing to move away from Columbia and east towards the city of Sumter. By 4.26 a.m., he is in the New Zion area. This quiet and sleepy community was not new to Roland. His family home was here. The surrounding farmlands, dirt tracks, and farmers' access roads he knew well. With three older siblings, this was his playground growing up. Roland drove past the scattered homes and farms and into an area down Black Bottom Road surrounded by bushes and fields. He took Samantha's lifeless body out of the vehicle and dragged her about 40 feet from the farmer's track he had parked on and off to the side into the undergrowth. There, he let her body drop fully to the ground and walked away. Scratch marks on her body, her cheek, and her shoulder would highlight exactly these acts when her body was examined almost 48 hours later in the morgue. 